to say yes sir and then the bible goes on to say eh eh if you are obedient you are calling the bible ala ba shake bredo sokolo hey hallelujah ah no let's do this thing give me first peter chapter 3 i feel the anointing to teach this thing if the light goes on it's not enough it's not enough for the light to go on the bible says the light shines No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you clear. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, no, no. It's, it's not enough that you feel people. And he has put all things under his side, under his side, at arm's length. Where has he put them? Somebody shout it under my So we have been we have been dealing with a topic right what's the topic what topic is powerful good works right powerful good works right amazing let us turn our bibles to the book of ephesians chapter number 1 Verse 16 and the Bible says I do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers verse 16 brother that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him he asks that he may give you the spirit of knowledge and revelation There was one time I was on a 40 day fast just one of those things every christian does nothing special <laughs> there was that time um and for 40 days I was asking God to give me a spirit of knowledge and revelation because wisdom knowledge and revelation are some of my favorite things That must have been 2017 when I was praying that prayer. So I can take two months teaching here. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the hope of his calling? Let me say something quickly about hope. The Bible says hope does not disappoint us in Romans chapter 5. In other words, a disappointment is as a result of a lack of hope. But where hope exists, disappointment is absent. So, most depression issues come from a hopeless posture. When a person assumes a hopeless disposition, they are bound to being depressed or disappointed even if the facts say you have to be disappointed if you bind yourself to hope in the presence of the disappointment you will still be jovial hope does not disappoint hope hope 
is not the substance of the things you desire to see. Hope is an expectation of their manifestation. It is a bright picture of a gloomy situation. So God knows that not everything changes in a moment, but there's a facility of hope that he has made available. And one of the things that hope does is that it puts us in the correct shape whilst we are going through the wrong things. So when you have hope, it doesn't mean that things will change. It just means that the water that is outside will not enter your boat. Because it's not the water that's outside that drowns the boat, it's the water that gets inside it. So the issues that are going on around you could be many. But the moment you allow them to come inside you and you begin to meditate on them and think about them. Have you ever met people who say, so I just sat down and I began to think about this thing, what it means, the consequences. The moment you sit down and you begin thinking about it, there are people who, when you are young, you cut yourself. You just, you are feeling like a discomfort, but it wasn't a big deal. But the moment you saw the wound and the knowledge was imparted to you, behold the wound. That's when the pain increased. Anybody ever been there? You, you know, people of nowadays don't play in the bush. I was telling people at home, let my son go outside and get dirty. Just stepping outside with socks on the paved floor. Let them go out and play in the mud and get dirty, please. It's part of growing. Those kids in some of those garden places and villages, they don't get sick. How come? <laughs> you hope. You know too much. The Bible says there's grief in knowledge. There's a special grief apportioned to knowledge. So, Always imagine the best case scenario. I'm not saying it will happen when you want it to happen. But when you have it, there is a life that is within you. The Bible says the strong spirit of a man keeps him in bodily pain. If your spirit is strong, it can keep your body even though your body is failing. But then it, it, it goes on by saying, but a broken spirit, who can bear? That means the body cannot bear a broken spirit because what is supposed to bear the body is the spirit. So you can find two people have got the same sickness. One is absolutely bedridden. The other one, because their spirit is strong, it's carrying the body even unto their healing. There are people, some of you, the problem is the way you receive the bad news. When the doctor tells you, huh? <laughs> yet you don't do the evil when we're doing it in church, but when the doctor delivers the news. There are people among you that when I'm telling news, first I warn them, don't overreact. <laughs> because when I just said, you. You need to train yourself to hear news which is not pleasing. It's a training you need to give your spirit. Because as long as you are in the world, John 16, says, you will have trouble. But I love the scripture which says, do not worry. 
when bad things suddenly happen to you, God will vindicate you. You see, one of the things you need are scriptures in your spirit. When there are no scriptures in your spirit, you are finished. If so, they need, there is like a scripture which needs to come to your head. When they say this has happened, you say, my keeper will keep me. There's a scripture somewhere about the keeper keeping you somewhere. But if there's nothing, then the news can now settle in your spirit. The Bible says when the evil spirit comes back huh, and finds the house empty, that's why the problem is. The problem is not in the spirit coming back because the spirit will come. The problem is when it finds there are no tenants. Then it realizes. In fact, last time I was staying there, I was selfish because I was occupying all the rooms. That's why there was a man in the Bible called Legion. That means he had over 6,000 demons. So do not underestimate your tenancy. <laughs> you can occupy. But the opposite is also true. You can, you can occupy so many scriptures. The Bible says, be, be filled with the spirit. One, it also says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. There are some people, the word of God dwells in them broccoli. They are rich in everything. In feeling bad, they are rich. There are people who feel bad. When they receive news and when they look, when they, ah, they've got a skill in feeling bad. In being disappointed. And when they don't see that you are not being disappointed, they say, be real. They want you to be real. And when people are telling you be real, they're saying, join us in the flesh. Walk in Zambif. <laughs> Who told you who told you that faith is not a reality? No, 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 no. Some people say, when they, let me give you a very, a very, a very, um, how can, what can I call it? Let me give you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me give you a presupposition. When you see, when you see a person who is, let's use the word mad so that anyone, everyone understands it. You find that that person is experiencing a reality, but you say they are out of touch with reality, right? Because you are in a reality that you've agreed to that this is how reality is supposed to be. But for them, what you are seeing as tropicals, they are actually seeing as food. It's not that they are out of touch with reality. They are out of touch with your reality. Where they are, they think you are mad by eating the food you are eating. I heard of a story where they gathered people in the psychiatry and they wanted to see who's mad and who's not mad. So the doctors were just checking. So they put a heap of sand and they told them, begin to swim. And they were jumping in and they were jumping in. So one of them was sitting laughing. <laughs> yeah, what was she So the doctors now say, I think this one is normal. So they want to ask him, so you, why are you not swimming? He says, hey, how am I? Talala. <laughs> In other words, I don't bath cold water. 
That was his response. That was his reality. So there were three realities there. There was a reality for the doctors, the reality for the other mad people, and then the reality for the other one. <laughs> so the point I make is faith is a reality, and the Bible defines it. It says it's a reality of the substance of things which are in hope. The evidence of things not seen. It's a contradictory reality because it is saying faith perceiving as real the things that are not amenable to the senses. So that means you need to leave this reality because in this reality, you do not perceive as real the things that are not amenable to the five senses. It's called empiricism. It's a, it's a, it's a scientific dynamic where they say that truth is truth if we can test it in a test tube. And anything that can be tested in the test tube is amenable to the ear, to the touch, to the feeling, to the test, to the five senses, basically. That's truth. But then the Bible says, by Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says that everyone who believes in God must first of all believe that he exists. So if the scientist wants to discover God, he must first leave his reality of empiricism and join this reality of stupidity where we believe things before we see them. Because in this reality, one guy said, it's not possible for this man to resurrect. I saw the way they beat him. I saw the way they speared him in his side. I saw the way they, they beat him up. It's not possible. The level of stress he experienced. So his friends were saying, no, you wake up. He said, ah, guys, I know you loved him. I also loved him, but let's just move on. You know, there are people who, when someone dies, they are in denial. There's denial, but there's also faith. They may look the same, but they are different realities. So, one time, as they were discussing, no, he resurrected, he resurrected. This man now comes in and is just listening to it. Let's, let's just stop this. Let's honor his legacy by going to preach the gospel. And then he suddenly appeared. And he said, Thomas, touch me. Huh? And then he now began to worship. He said, my Lord. And my, Jesus said, just because you've seen me, that's when you've believed. And then he says, blessed are those who believe before they see. He was trying to introduce a different reality. There's a reality. That's, and lost my way. You, you need to grow into the reality of faith. Otherwise, the Christian walk, the only thing it will do for you is your salvation. But here's what I want to show you. That's on hope. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. So sometimes we just begin to think about the hope that is in the calling that we've received in Christ Jesus. You'll be shocked that you are happy, some of you. You'll be shocked because everything around you is saying, be sad. According to the working of his mighty power. 
I like that. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he put all things. <laughs> Where did he put them? Relax. Every time I read this part, I pass out. He put all things under his feet. There's a version, I think the God's Word translation says, and he gave him to be head over all things for the benefit of the church. That means he put all things under his... Now, Jesus is not his body. Jesus is the head of the body. So when the Bible says he put all things under his feet, it means all things were put under the body of Christ. <clears throat> so, you may be the hand, but how many things are under your feet? You may be the, the, the pinky toe on the left foot, but how many things are under you? You may be the skin of his feet. But how many things are under you? Sha, sha, sha. It's just to think about it is amazing. Brothers and sisters, the world is ours for the taking. The world is ours for the taking. Someone was telling me the reason why we are not growing in other places is because sometimes the principality is there, you know. And I began to think, how come Coca-Cola is everywhere? What is it they have that I don't have? Your revelation can determine the level of your freedom. Because the Bible says, you shall know the truth. And the truth, so the level of truth you know is a reflection of the freedom you experience. All things are under my feet. For some people, they say, in our family, we are under a generational case. You can't fight something you are under. That's already some disobedience. All things are under my feet. <laughs> All, how many? Then you start counting them. Start mentioning some of the things, especially the things that you're afraid of. Sicknesses are under my feet. He put all things. And then he says, for the benefit. Aye. It was not just for him. It was for the benefit of the church. Do you, do you have the God's Word translation? What does it say there? GW. For the benefit of the church. What level of power is that? And then the final part I wanted you to see, it says, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things. Hallelujah. Are you seeing that? I like that. God has put everything under the control of Christ. He has made Christ the head of everything for the good of the church. Let me, let me explain something to you. The death of Jesus was for the benefit of the church, was for the benefit of humanity. Look at me. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He did not need to come down here because he was fine where he was doing, where he was. The angels were bowing down before him. Heaven and earth was ad adoring him. He was controlling everything. Okay, what was he missing? 
So when you look at where he was, he wasn't lacking anything. He was doing just fine. You are the one who was it. So when he came, I want you to understand that it was for you and my benefit. I was telling people in Kabwe that there are people I, I don't leave out, I don't leave their lives because they need me. There are people who, they may even treat me a certain kind of way. And on a normal day, I would cut them off. But I've got something to offer that they need. You know, you know when you've got something to offer, right? You know. I know what I have to offer to this world. Some people, the only thing they know are the disappointments they've gone through. And when you begin telling them, I know what I have to offer, they think you're so proud. So what's the difference between them and you? Because you're also proud knowing the pains you go through. Isn't that right? You are so confident. There are people who even know it. Me, the way my cough comes, I just begin feeling the throat itching. The moment the throat itching, so they've got revelation into their sickness. They know how they interact with it. They know how they get upset for someone to anger them. They will tell you, me, the way I am. You need to treat me a certain way. Me. Because the way I am. They have a revelation of their temper. But you, when you say, I have got a revelation of the grace on my life. I know. Me, everyone I play with becomes rich. They say, ha! This guy is proud. And you know, it's the people who say, don't judge me who are judgmental. Because sometimes you've not even judged them. Kubalanga and a cheso, they say, you are judging me. You need to know what you carry. If you don't know, you will not be effective. The Bible says that, that your participation in the faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing in you. So if you don't acknowledge what is in you, how do you give it to another person? They went to the gate called Beautiful and they found a man who was begging there. And he said, give me money. And they said, hmm, okay, money we don't have. But we have power to make you walk. Before the healing happened, they knew what they had. So there are things you need to know. When you, when, you, when you start hanging out with a person, you discover they are a satanist. You live because you are thinking them initiate me. Or you stay because you know you will initiate them. I don't know if you heard that. Close your eyes, say, I know what I carry. I know what I have to offer. So Jesus knew what he had to offer. But when he was offering it, it was not for his benefit. It was for the good of the church. That's why he was so bold one time in John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks in me can never walk in darkness. What? Who do you think you are? We've seen you grow up. We saw your father Joseph, the one who died last year. You didn't even save him. And your mother Mary, she stays at the same place. We've seen you working. You are a carpenter, you. Now today you are telling me when we walk, follow you, we'll never, okay, you are bold. Kai. No. He just knew what he had to offer. And then, he, you people don't know how hard it was to make some of those sentences Jesus was making. He said, I'm the light of the world. <laughs> ah! Oh! Lelo! You are the light of the world. 
your own skin can't be lightened you're the <laughs> anyways sina mtu net sendo chako mwanje pacha becha you need to have something to say people you leave him people will leave you alone there are some bold statements jesus made another time he is saying i am from above you are from beneath if you don't believe in me you will you will die in your sins in john 8 you need to go read john 8 there were answers there were penalties jesus was answering just go read it in fact read it in your language me i like the bemba one ah it's rough how you i was there when you were born there was even a controversy some people were saying you were born by the holy spirit we suspect that that joseph impregnated that woman but because his father was a good man we decided not to kill you now today instead of being grateful you are telling us you are from above as we are from beneath people are not grateful and you are telling us with all the years we've seen that we will die in our sins you see some of you say me i would have followed jesus if i was in if i was in his day relax <laughs> relax Anyways the point i make is it was for the good of the church it was for the benefit of ourselves that he came down and died so, so look someone paid for you don't suffer for what someone paid for the bible says we know the grace of our lord jesus christ that although he was rich he became poor so that in his poverty we might become rich So he even became poor so that in his poverty we might become rich. And you know there are people who always metaphorize everything. They always want to say they always want to say no, uh, it's richness in your spirit. No. Where there's a blank check, don't put things. It's like people who say when Jesus was saying um what did he say? He said in Mark 11, he says Whoever says to this mountain be thou moved and be thou cast into the and he does not doubt what he says he shall have whatsoever he says some people say it's your mountain of lack now it's correct there's revelation there right it speak to your mountain of poverty speak to your mountain of the sickness but in that place number one, he had just cast a tree So if he says you can actually speak to the mountain it's not a metaphor in the first place. He actually meant you can speak to this mountain. That's why we don't see great miracles because we like to put meaning to everything. Sometimes you just need to see that there was an actual mountain that can be actually moved into an actual ocean because of actual faith. Your mountain of failing an exam we understand that mountain but there's ah don't metaphorize everything are you listening to me it's for the good of the church that power was for the good of the church this is a generation that will see power like never before it happened to me one time i'm about to write an exam called tort and my laptop suddenly stops working that's the first time and i knew i was broke i didn't have money i was in second year the lecturer we had was difficult i won't say her name 
So, there's a friend of mine, Shemaya, he's a deacon. I, I gave him the, he was in also a computer science. He didn't know what to do, so he just packed the computer. And you know, when you're asking for material, it's around exam time, people stinge. Especially that material which was given by the lecturer. So the copies are not many. So one time, I, I, was, I was in the secretarial office at UCC. I was a secretary. I'm sitting, and I don't have the material. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I command that laptop to work. That's what I said. And I wrote down the time I commanded it to work. It was around 16 hours. The next day, I called Shemaya. I said, you've not told me anything about the laptop. Have you fixed it? He said, no, I didn't fix it. I said, uh -uh. so what am I going to do? He said, no, I just started working. I asked him, what time? He said, uh, 16 hours. I said to him, bring it to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is power in Christ to make inanimate things work. This other time, when my wife was pregnant, she really loved the aircon for some reason. And she loved the strange dust smell that would come out of it when you just turn it on. So, and if it's not going to work, I know I have to be the fan. You did this to me. So, <laughs> suddenly this aircon stops working. And I tried to explain to say, I say, look, I can't be fanning whilst driving. You have to work. I'm talking to the aircon in the <laughs> I can't do this job. And the aircon was not working. One time, out of Chifukushi, I was on the phone with Deacon's Joyce. I didn't know I had answered. I was so upset I put it away and I said, I command you to work. I didn't hit it, I spoke to it. So immediately, Deacon Joyce cut the call. <laughs> then I clicked it, and it began to work. It began to work. Up to today, it works. And Deacon now, Deaconess now calls me, sorry, I called you. I didn't know you were praying for someone. <laughs> and I said to her, oh yeah, I was praying for someone. That's how I survived that period. God answered my prayers. Hallelujah. So, some of you will speak to your gadgets and the gadgets work. A phone which was not working will begin to work. Listen, this is a dimension of power called dunamis. It's called the miraculous working power of God. It's the power of God responsible for miracles. What I told you, some of you don't even believe. I understand, because it's a miracle. How do I expect you to believe? It's a miracle. And you see, write down the word dunamis. That's one dimension of power. That power is so vast. There's some of it which, is, which you use for inanimate things. The Bible says he calls the things that are not as though they are. Some of you will begin to, will begin to speak to your account. I'm not saying, <laughs> I am not saying, it's a dimension of power you believe that will begin to work for you. 
One time, a minister of the gospel was preaching outside. They were building a church. And when they were building a church, he said, they said to him, yeah, the iron, the, 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 the ions, the, the roofing ions have finished. Then he says, are you sure? They say yes. Then he says, count them. They counted. They said, sorry, I think there are about 10 we didn't account for. Then he says, okay, count again. They counted. They said, there are about 40 that we have found. He says, uh, count again. <laughs> they count. They say, uh, I think they are enough. He says, go and build. Are you seeing that? That's the miraculous working power of God. The power which was in Jesus Christ to multiply the bread by saying thank you. Some of you when, you, when you are saying thank you, don't know that you are attracting dunamis. Another minister of the gospel discovers that, ah, that's what that one did. They were about to have a crusade. Then they go to him and say, the money is not enough. He says, count it. They counted it. <laughs> they said, oh, we didn't account for a 1,000. They said, oh, he said, okay, count again. Then he said, oh, there was a 10,000 we didn't count for. He said, count again. 50,000, he now says, okay, buy the things that are needed. <laughs> are you listening to me? It's called dunamis. That's the power that we use to work miracles. That power does not come from heaven. It comes from within us. It's part of the power called eternal life. In eternal life, there is a package of power for healings. Now, you may not know it. It doesn't mean it's not there. The way that some of you don't know that your blood group O doesn't mean your blood group A. You just don't know it. So you can be there, someone dies because they need a blood transfusion. Maybe because they don't have somewhere to test and see your blood, but they, everything is available to collect your blood because you don't know. So you can be dying in the presence of power. That power is already inside you. What you need is to believe the gospel. Then we are going to see a dimension of that power. It's power. That's the power we use to cast out devils. The Bible says, in my name they shall cast out. The word cast out means to drive out. There is a force within us that drives out evil spirits. Jesus said, he called his disciples and gave them power against evil spirits. Let me explain something here. When you're born again, you naturally have a dimension of power called power against. So it means that when you're close to a person who's got an evil spirit, they will feel like you're slapping them. That's why some of you are attacked in your workplaces. The boss doesn't like you. Even her, when she goes back, she doesn't understand why you just irritate her. That's why some of you are just hated naturally. Because the, there's a force that you carry. So you find that you are irritating someone because of the spirit in them. When they come close to you, they just begin to sweat. They don't know why. But they just feel like, I can slap this kid. So they just make your work hard. Because you've got, you don't have to exercise that power. It's power against. One time my father told me of a story of a boss that he had. That just never liked him. So one time they were about to have this meeting. And she was going to give a bad report about him. So what he did in the morning is he just prayed. And he went to sit next to her. 
He just made sure that time, he just sat next to her. He sat, how are you, madam? Oh, he sat next to her and began to observe. And he said she began to yawn. Anytime she wanted to say something wicked, she would just yawn and forget. She wanted to say something, she just yawned. And he was just... <laughs> and she just forgot to say anything wicked. Power against. I was telling the people in Kabul of a testimony of a girl in my church that we got saved. And her relatives never liked it. They never liked me. And some of them had power. They said, we've got a plug at Ministry of Religious Affairs. We'll deregister that church. I was shaken. That was the time I was disappointed. Because I now went to God. I said, look, all, I, all I'm trying to do is to help people. I just want to help people. I think I'm a good guy. I'm young. I'm handsome. I preach nice sermons. And I crack jokes. And God was quiet. All I felt in my spirit is welcome to the club. <laughs> One day, I don't know if it's God who helped me. You know, sometimes what you think is God's help. <laughs> There's a song I used to sing back in the day. Begin interpreting to your friend who doesn't speak them. Because I'm not going to interpret have you, have you told your friends what the song means? Those who haven't understood, where are you? Let me explain it to you. Uh, you have all understood. If you've not understood, raise your hand. Let me see those who have not. Okay. So this is a song about one day. When this guy told a friend of his, let's go and pray. Then the friend said, no, I have to go to the farm. He was upset, but he just went. Then he says, when I came back, I found that he had been beaten by bees. Praise God. He had been beaten by bees. Praise God. Hallelujah. He'd been beaten by bees. I must confess in the flesh, it feels like God has done something for you. That the Lord has done me well. <laughs> so this one time, I don't know if it's by the message of God. In their house, there was an attack. The aunt, something, you know, that same lady, something entered something wearing black, entered the room and started squeezing the neck. You know, the usual, she woke up, she screamed. Everybody in the house wakes up. What's happening? Ah, the bedroom, they say, ah, it's just a dream. Maybe it's a bedroom, just sleep. When they slept, that thing was not impressed. It went to the auntie's room now. <laughs> and he went for the neck as well. The aunt screamed as well. And oh, what did they do? That girl now says, we have to call Pastor Daniel. We have to call Pastor Daniel. I don't know whether they hesitated, but they called me. And I heard the woman who didn't like me. She said, hey, this is what happened to me. She's explaining her problem. I'm like, eh. <laughs> but you know, 
I read a scripture one time of a guy in the Bible. This guy was about to do a show to just prove that God is powerful. The God wants us by fire. So what he did was he told them, build a fresh water. When they finished, he said, pour water inside. And then they put firewood. Then he says, pour water on the firewood. And when they finished, he now says, kill the boo, they put it there. Then he says, pour water on the boo. Ah! I looked at this guy. And then now he prayed. And fire came and went down first, licked the water. Licked the fire. And licked the sacrifice. Just to, just, just to make it good for God. Just so that God can show off. So I said, that's what I'm going to do. I said to them, okay, all right. I wasn't, eh, sagogude. <laughs> I then said to them, okay, um, I'll give you a solution. I said, go and sleep, it will not happen again. They were a bit quiet. Because some people expect that you do a fire, fire prayer. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's how they slept and the problem never came back. Just to show them that I'm the doctor here. I'm the one who, imagine the power it took to deal with that evil spirit and witchcraft without shouting. That's power. That's power. It's dunamis. That's the miraculous working power of God. Are you listening to me? It's a miraculous working power of God. One time I met a woman. I met a woman who had not been conceiving with Apostle Fred for about 10 years of her marriage. We prayed for her. She conceived. Then, I don't know if she was losing babies, but after some months, after some months, she was not feeling, like maybe six, seven months, the baby, she was not feeling any movement. So she was panicking. And panicking and panicking. I said, okay, I'm coming, relax. I went to where she was. And she had a big stomach. And, oh, no, you know the problem I have. No, 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 no. I said, okay, stand. I'm going to show you that this baby is alive. I said, baby, kick. And immediately we saw. <laughs> Imagine. You doctors tell me, what science did I use? The midwife, dunamis, it's a miracle. Another woman came to me, she had, a baby had been wrapped around her neck. The umbilical cord, neck, wrap, there was a wrapping. Somewhere, there was a wrapping. Without an artist. <laughs> so, You get, right? <laughs> she said, that they said it's a breach or something like that. And they want to operate on me, but I don't want. You know people who talk like that, they put pressure on you. So if you don't want, why not go? Why are you coming to me? <laughs> because you have the power. You have the dunamis. You have the dunamis. I stretched my hand like this and I commanded the baby to untie. 
That one I saw power. Boom! And I was believing God for that because I needed to see something. She went to the hospital and they were shocked because they found that the umbilical had um, disumbilicalized. Someone said power. power. Guys, there's raw power in God. I'm not saying you have to be a man of God. No. It's in you. That power is in you. That power is in you. And let me tell you something. One time, I was, I was at home and I was praying and the Lord Jesus appeared to me. I was with my friends and he said, God, teach my people to walk in the miraculous. Me, when I teach an impartation happens. It's not the way you know it. So as we are speaking, some of you, that dunamis working power is being stirred up. When you go back to your room, someone will say, you've got a headache, I've got a headache. Then you say, it's gone. Ha, 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 ha. Then the person will do like, they, they will look at you, they say, these believers. But then when they stand, they will now check, they are looking for the headache. Hey, they can't locate it. Then they'll say, the headache is gone. Then you say, oh, go ahead and praise God. Go ahead and praise God. I knew it would happen. I was going to be shocked if it was not going to happen. Sit down. Someone said, dunamis. You all need to desire to walk in this power. It's the only way. It's already on the inside of you. The number of demonic activities happening in this world require dunamis. Some sicknesses happening in, their, in, in, in your homes, they need dunamis. It's a miraculous working power of God. Some situations, they have to experience bzz, power. If it's miracles that happen in this church, I can't even begin to explain. I can't even begin to explain. You see, you see what happens. You see. And let me tell you something. A gospel that does not promote the miraculous working power of God is a dead gospel. It's a dead gospel. The word of God without power. Then what makes it different from elective? Whether it's power to transform, whether it's power to heal, there has to be power when the word of God is being preached. Are you listening to me? When you're reading the word of God, you are getting access to dunamis. Something must happen to you. When you're listening to the word of God, something must happen to you. Are you listening to me? And you see, sometimes the word revelation releases power. It's so amazing. I told you, one time I heard a preacher preaching. And he said, he was, he was about to go up and his spiritual father had told him, you have to be here to preach in another country. And he didn't want to say no. So he's a, the way some of you, when I tell you, come here, you say, eh, they have refused me. Him, him, he had to fly to another country. And when he reached there, he didn't have all the documentation. But he said, my father has called me. I need to go there. So he says, how am I going to do it? They are checking. And that girl who was on the watch was so serious. So he says, hi. When he reaches there, before he reached there, he says, I shut the mouth of the lion. Then he gives her an old passport and she looks at it and says, it's okay, pass. 
When I heard that, I said, ah, it's a seven I went to look for a job. The job that God told me to look for, and I didn't like it. So the first time I went there and they told me, you can't come here. Look at these 15 applications. Your friends have been applying. You, this is when you are coming. It's too late. I was so happy. I went to tell God. They refused me. <laughs> and God now says, go back. <sighs> so now because I didn't want to trouble God, I had to now use my faith. In the flesh, I'm thinking I could have used this faith for other things. So <laughs> I'm going there. And I'm about to face the same man who chased me yesterday. And I remember the prayer that I had. And I said, I shut the mouth of the lion. And I entered that. When the man looked at me, I saw love in his eyes. He said to me, go to the secretary to write for you. I said, I'll be back. <laughs> I went to the secretary. The secretary said, did he say it? I said, yes, he said it. She looked at me, she began to type. <laughs> you think Juju is powerful? You are joking. Dunamis! Dunamis! Some of you, the only power you know is bring back lost lovers. So, when I'm, you see, when, I, so when I'm talking about the fact that they looked at me, and they said, she looked at me, she started typing. They all went into slow mode. They just became nice. I say thanks. I take the letter. I go inside. This man, like, he's lost his mind. He looks at me. He signs it. And he gives it to me and said, congratulations, you've gained it. I say, thank you, sir. Hey! <laughs> Someone said, dunamis. Said, dunamis. of you. You are not an ordinary human being. That's a power responsible for miracles. Speak in tongues for one minute if you can. If you can't, begin to thank God for dunamis. It's not in the pastor. It's in every believer. There are miracles on the streets that have to be performed. Come on, begin to acknowledge that there's miracle working power on the inside of you. Miracle working power. Miracle working power exists in me. Ha ha ha. Hey, Shadidabai. Sit down. I went to a funeral one time. A member lost the mother. I didn't know I was going to find elderly people there. So I was in jeans. You know, I was a bit younger. Between 19, somewhere there. So I was in jeans and cool and stuff. I was with Deacon Flavian then. 
So when I reached there, I was even feeling low. Like, yeah, so, yeah. She just introduced me for the first time, and this is my pastor. So we went in. So we went in, you know, everybody's crying, you know, the usual. So I said, where's your mother? She says, no. She fainted. She can't walk. The beep is very high. There's something she never taught them. When the moment, and the, I said, I would like to see her. So she looked at me a bit because the mother was in the bedroom. Now, because she believed that I'm a man of God, they brought the mother. They carried the mother. And the mother was coming in like this. Now, everyone who was there was probably just thinking, what is this boy thinking? Sat down. How are you? Then, the anointing came on me. <laughs> when that thing happens, ah, forget about it. Uh, I now said to her, do you know what if you win? You are so grieved that your blood pressure went up. But then your heart has also been growing. It's true. That's what they told me. I said, okay, let me pray for you. I laid my hand on her. The demon that manifested. Cast the demon out. Ministered healing. She jumped up and began to say, I'm healed. I'm okay. In the funeral house. We had joy in the funeral house. Dunamis. Dunamis. Someone said dunamis. dunamis. It's a powerful miracle. It's in every believer. Let me tell you this story. When we were a bit younger, now we are a bit chilled. When we were a bit younger, if people were not believing, we would grow their hands with my friend Apostle Fred. So this one time, we were at Unza. We were preaching the gospel, selling Jesus. This is the best product. It's the best thing ever. People were believing. Some were not believing. We began to grow hands just to show something. So this girl who just got saved, she went home. She used to, she was one of those people in the world. One of those people who, they drink cigarettes and they smoke alcohol. That's a dimension. So they go, she goes, she goes to, she goes to, to the room and she's telling me, guys, I'm saved, I'm saved. And they're like, uh, you mean that born again thingy? Yes, yes. And the guys are made, they were doing miracles. They were doing miracles. And her friends are like, ah, you believe in that stuff. She's trying to explain to them they can't listen. Then she says to them, okay, let me show you what they were doing. Stretch your hands. And when she, they stretched their hands, she commanded their hands to grow. Their hands began to grow. Put my hand back. Put my, this girl is weird, man. She's weird. There are some weird guys about to go out and work miracles on the streets. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a steering. After today, you go back home. Your mother, the same BP she has always had. That BP even knows you, so it doesn't fear you. Today, when you walk, ah. When you walk in today, you are walking in a different person. And you say, Mama, can I pray for you? When you put your hand on her, there's going to be a vibration. A reaction. When power meets power, the lower power bows. What you have is a greater power. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, Dunamis. 
Yes. Sit down. It says, the following shall, shall follow they that believe. In my name, they shall heal the sick. I remember in 2017, Apostle Fred, a friend of mine, told me, as a man of God this side, who has not been well, he wants me to pray for him, but we respect each other as men of God a lot. So I don't know if I like need to maybe cast out a deal. I don't know what the issue is. So you, you don't know each other. I want you to be as rough as you can. <laughs> I'll introduce you as a minister. Let me tell you something. Don't be too respectful to one another that you can't pray for one another. You need to be in a place where sometimes you are so burdened by an issue you are going through or how your body is feeling that you need your friends to pray for you. It's okay to be prayed for by your friends. Let your friends pray for you. But if you all look at each other as ma, <laughs> how are you going to pray for one another? The Bible says in James 5, 16, to pray for one another. Don't be afraid. Just lay hands on the woman of God, friend. Let me pray for you. Because you're not the one experiencing the problem. If you're sitting next to your friend, put your hand on them. Say, I'll pray for you. You need to. You need to. It's very important. So your friendship should not be too deep that your prayers for each other are shallow. So we went there, and everyone who was coming there was just coming with the Bible. Man of God, I wish you get better, what, what, what? I mean, I was just like, I was young. I was waiting to lay hands. <laughs> so the apostle said, ah, how are you, sir? I'm okay. I said, no, this is a friend of mine. He's a man of God as well. His name is Daniel. But then I was a sir. Oh, Daniel, ah, nice to meet you, sir. Okay, can I pray for you immediately? I said, now you know I'm a sir. Let me. Apostle was just like. When I put my hand on the man, he just began to yawn. He couldn't control it. He would yawn like it, yawn for like 10 seconds. <laughs> Even me, I'm surprised. <laughs> then again, I would lay hands on him. And that went on for, say, 15 minutes. Let me, you know, the way deliverance happens, deliverances are funny. Deliverances are funny. There are no rules with a deliverance. That's why what we see in doctrine sometimes is challenged during a deliverance. There are some deliverances I've experienced where it doesn't feel like it's a human being. It's a demon you're casting out. That one is easy. It feels like there's a witch inside the person, a human being that you're casting out from a human being. You go check your Bible, there's nothing. I've seen strange things. The woman we are delivering that time, there's a woman who she died, you know that one who didn't get saved. I'm praying for her, and it doesn't feel like it's just demons. It feels like it's a coven somewhere sitting, controlling her. It's a number of human beings sitting somewhere, controlling the person inside her. 
deliverance. Oh, are we having ministry class this Saturday? What's happening? Anything? I want us to have a ministry class this Saturday. I want us to do with the ministry of healing and deliverance. Okay? So, all those interested in a ministry class, wherever the venue will be, I'll be there seven hours sharp with that. You are, I, I don't mean seven hours you start off. I mean seven hours we start. Because I want to, I want to train you to do healings and miracles and cast out devils and not get in trouble. <laughs> yes. There are people that have done ministry. When they come back, they need ministry. So, sometimes you need to be trained. So, this man of God, he just began to yawn. And Apostle was in shock. He's looking at me. I'm like, I also don't know. You brought me here. So, I minister to him. And then God immediately showed me a scripture where Jesus healed a man and he tells him, don't sin again because something worse will happen to you. Then I told him, the Lord is saying, don't sin again or else something worse will happen to you. Then he begins to cry. <laughs> I know what it means. I know power. It's power which is able to do that. Let me tell you about my friends. This one time, they were in king pie. They're just buying pies, minding their own business. Then, all of a sudden, there's a woman who just dropped, and everybody was panicking. They looked at each other. They got the woman and rushed her to, the, to their vehicle. Imagine. They stole the woman who had fainted. Either they are stupid or they know something. They stole her, took her to the car, cast out the demon. The woman manifested immediately after she got healed. She's fine. My energy is back. They now said to her, go your way. The Lord has made you whole. Those are my friends. <laughs> I was, there's somebody, somebody sent me a story. Let me read you a story that someone sent me from reading my book. Let me, let me read it to you. She says, I'm done reading your book. Thank you for sharing wisdom with us. I now have a clear understanding. Or da, 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 da. Then she says, on casting out demons, I have a testimony. Last time you posted on how you prayed for a lady once, when a crowd of people surrounded her, it really encouraged me and gave me so much faith as a believer. Weeks ago, in a very quiet road, I met a man and a lady. The lady was about to pass out, failing to breathe and not seeing clearly because of the same. She was feeling dizzy. Being three of us in the road, I asked what's wrong, and then I remembered you. Are you seeing my gospel? It means you can listen to what I am saying. And because the Spirit of God is the one who was working through me, it will be as if it carried scriptural force because the same results I saw, you will see. So, the works that I have done, you will do, but you will do even greater. She remembered me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Jesus said, I've got so much to say to you, but you can't bear it. Then he says, but when the Spirit of God comes, he shall bring to you remembrance the things that you've heard me say. One of the things the Holy Spirit, every spirit does is to bring to memory. 
There are some memories that when you have, it's not the Holy Spirit. Your husband is about to be happy with you. The moment your husband is, comes looking all happy, then you remember what he did one week ago. Who brought that to your remembrance? Sometimes you don't have to say, you know what? Sometimes you need to say, I bind that thought. Because spirits bring to memory. After one year of having forgiven each other, then you sit down and you say, still more, you performed, you know? You performed. <laughs> you performed. Love keeps no so if you are working with the spirit of love, you forget. Hey, but even your husbands don't always sing. Just then it's love keeps no. <laughs> if you didn't catch it, I'm going back to Dunamis. Yeah, there are some husbands who use the scriptures to manipulate their wives. But the Bible says love keeps no record of wrong. So you keep wronging her so that you can say that love keeps no record of you are a fool. Now, you wives, don't tell your husband that you heard pastor said, no, don't. It's just for me because I'm their pastor. You can't. Don't use me to promote yourself. <laughs> just repent. If you're feeling attacked, it's a sign that God is talking to you. It's the only way. You can't. You can't. So, eh, anyways, all the women, all those wrong things you remember, and sometimes it happens. Sometimes you find that it happens in the moment of happiness. I just wish you could do this every time. Because I remember last time when I was expecting. And the spirit is bringing to you. You are happy. Remember what he did to you one year ago. Then when you remember, you even hear the song. And then you want to discuss things. Your husband wants to be loving. When he wants to be loving, that's when you want to now, let's talk. Okay, let me not go deeper. Should I go deeper? Yeah. Hey, this is deeper. I remembered you. I went to where she was, laid hands on her, and I commanded the demon spirit to come out of her. In no time she was able to see, stand, and walk. We thanked God, and I saw her off. Let me tell you something. This is not a member of this church. Just a person who watches my statuses. Some of you need to just say, save my number some. <laughs> you see some of the statuses. Hey, but don't flood me. So, <laughs> another person. I put up a status. Because the person was asking me a question. says, when you dream of a snake, what does it mean? And I... I answered, I said, when you dream of a snake, it means it wants to die. That's the only thing I know. Because last I checked. <laughs> Remember what I told you? 
Your revelation determines the freedom you walk in. So, you, when you dream of a snake, it means your prayer life is suffocating. It means you're about to die. It means there's a spirit of snakery. Many things. It could be true, but it's a lesser truth. The Bible says you shall crush the seed of the serpent's head. So every time I see a snake for me, he also said, I've given you authority over snakes and scorpions. You trample them underfoot. So me, I found that scripture and I believe that scripture. So every time I see a snake, it means it's been trying to die. No one has been helping it. And that's been my mindset ever since God delivered me from bad dreams in 2012. Yeah, I was delivered for your comfort. I also needed deliverance. So this girl now takes that screenshot and she posts it. When she posts it, a person who was in South Africa or somewhere there saw it. She was having dreams. Every time she was having dreams of snakes. So when she saw that status, it's like she was delivered. When she had a dream, that person was a third person. Imagine. She said she had a dream. And when she had a dream, that's the snake came again. When she saw the snake, she now says, wait, let me get a tree. She go, got the stick to kill this. Because she said she remembered that her friend shared a status that she saw from Pastor Daniel. That when you dream a snake, it means the snake wants to die. So she told the snake, wait. Ah, you are going to tell them to wait this time. In that dream, when you see, ah, hey. I don't know what has been appearing to you. When an evil spirit appears to you in a dream, the only thing the Bible says about our relationship with them is that it has to be cast out. If a big man or big woman appears in your dream and they want to sleep with you, it means they want to be cast out. Don't listen to what they told you. If you dream that you are in a dirty place, it simply means that they want salvation there. Power! Somebody scream. Sit down. Until you learn this, you always be a victim. Until you learn this, you always be a victim. Sometimes your perception needs to be a bit twisted. One woman came to me and said, a madman came and threw a mescob in my vehicle. There were many cars whose windows were open. She only came for me. What does it mean? She was panicking. She was panicking. She was a friend of mine. She was panicking. She was panicking. I said, she, he left all of you. Can you imagine? And just threw mess at the back of your car. Can you imagine? And she said, and I know when my people are coming for you, it means, it means it relax. I said, for me, when I see, if you, when you see mad people coming to give you gifts, it, it's a sign that God is going to bless you so much that even crazy people will be giving you gifts. What the enemy meant for God has turned he has turned what the enemy meant for God has turned it. 
that there's a spirit, but there is a dimension in God, a revelation in Christ, where things that were meant for your evil, those same things, let me show you a scripture. When you read this scripture and you don't scream, I'll start teaching you other things. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me show you something. Verse 4. Talking about the unbelievers whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Next. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your born servants for Jesus' sake. Let's go. You know, there are scriptures that when you read, you're just like, Girgidi. You need to be having Girgidi moments with, uh, your, with your Bible. For it is the God. There are many gods. But there's that particular one. Who, what he did, no one has ever done it. The Bible says it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Ah, you didn't get it. Listen, there was darkness. Then out of all the chemical and biological and physical elements that formed darkness, he commanded light to be born out of it. Ah. He commanded, he didn't command light to come out of light. There was darkness. And out of that darkness, he commanded light to, not to come out, to shine. He is the God who can do a miracle. Let me explain something to you. One time some people were beaten by snakes. Guess what God did? He built a very venomous snake to look at. In other words, he was trying to suggest that the healing was in the venom. Uh. <laughs> Let me tell you the story. Let me tell you the story. Sit down. You know, okay, I know it sounds too miraculous. Now, even, even doctors can do that. Although they have not yet discovered the full technology, but God is the one who gave them that wisdom. You know, to immunize a person, they get the same sickness and put in them. They will get a sickness. There's something they do to it. Then they put it in you to cure you of a sickness or to prevent a sickness from happening. God told Moses that for everyone who has been beaten by a very venomous snake, he says, build a very venomous snake. What? And everyone who looks at the venomous snake will be healed. How? The God who commanded light to come out of darkness to shine out of darkness. In your problem is your solution. In your firing, a better job will come out. When they said, it's not you, it's me, you, you are a good person, they say, no, I think I need to trust me. It's the time you meet a better person who's more handsome. Hallelujah! Somebody shout! There is a facility in God. So you need to look at your perception. 
If they say they are firing you for your, for, or from your job, even if you are the one who made the mistake. You see, there is no enchantment against the house of Jacob, the Bible says. And no witchcraft against the house of Israel. It's not possible. We know that all things, they are designed to work together. Even the things that were designed to harm you are designed to. So there is power in God for miracles. That's the power we use to heal the sick. And today you are going to see it. And after today you are going to see it. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. But you know, for some people, that's the only dimension of power they know in God. There are many ministries that you find when it comes to healing the sick and raising the dead, they're on point. But when you look at the levels of their wealth, the levels of their means, so there's a dimension of power they walk in, but there's a dimension of power they've not discovered. Yet all those powers are in Christ. So today we've dealt with dunamis, but there are other forces and dimensions of power in God that we need to do good works. Not just healing the sick. And next week we're going to get into them. Hallelujah. Please stand on your feet. Dunamis for today. There's going to be an impartation moment. And in that impartation moment, it already started when I was...